It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Maybe on down the top. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the Vivid Seats studios, and by the way, if you download the Vivid Seats mobile app, you can get up to 100 bucks on all ticket purchases on your very first purchase. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined for the final 53-man roster prediction because the 53-man roster, at least the initial imprint of it, will be released later today at 4 o'clock. I'm joined by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, A very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, we are finally at that time. We've gotten through the preseason. We've gotten through training camp. And now it's time for the Jets to cut down their roster to 53. Kind of bittersweet because while this means that we're one step closer to football, it's sad to see some of these guys' football dreams end, even if it's only temporarily for some. Yeah, these are the worst two days on the NFL calendar. A lot of people's dreams died today. Uh, the a healthy majority of the, of the players that were playing last night are not going to be playing anymore. So that always stinks. But there's college football on my TV right now, so that that's good. Never a bad thing to have college football on your TV. Yeah, every time I think of guys that are getting cut at the end, I think of Doug Shanahan, who was a guest on this show. And by the way, if you never listened to the training camp series that I did with Doug Shanahan, it was the summer of 2017 that we did that series, and his story was incredible. He was the last guy to be released from the 2002 team when they were making training camp cuts. He ended up going on to a terrific career in lacrosse. He's coaching now, but he still looks back and remembers that and thinks about what could have happened if only things had gone a little bit differently for him. And I think about him every time I think about roster cutdowns. And like you said, Chris, these guys who are probably never going to play professional football of any kind ever again. Maybe they'll do semi-pro or something like that, or they could end up in the XFL, I guess. So maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but this will probably be the last time they end up playing NFL football. But before we get to the roster, Chris, let's talk about what's going on right now. Some transactions with the Jets. First of all, some guys are out the door, including Elijah McGuire. So why don't you go ahead and give the rundown. McGuire, not exactly a surprise. It is a little bit surprising that it happened before the deadline, but overall not exactly a huge surprise. Yeah, not a surprise at all. Right now we don't have any surprises. Uh, Elijah McGuire gone, Santos Ramirez gone, but he was you know cut just a week ago and brought back, so that can hardly be a surprise. No Brandon Bryant was placed on the injury IR waived list. Uh, offensive lineman Ryan Anderson was, was waived released and defensive lineman Trayvon Sanders has also been released. So um, 
Elijah McGuire is the name that, you know, the fans are most familiar with and the one, one that some fans are still hanging on to. But he really had no chance of making this roster as soon as Ty Montgomery got signed. And the Jets added somebody, too. They added another safety. They added Derek Kindred before. We got some intel on him from Jeff Lloyd, our friend who hosts Locked On Browns. And this time it was Matthias Farley, the safety from the Indianapolis Colts, reached out to George Bremer, who came on and talked about Nate Hairston the other day. As you know, he's my go-to guy for Colts intel. And here's what he had to say. Great kid, excellent in the community. We'll lay the wood when needed. Not great in coverage, but also not terrible. Very good on special teams. Solid safety depth for you guys. That's what he said. So it sounds like a guy that the Colts would have liked to have kept, but they're just too deep. It's the blessing and a curse of having a roster that's so talented. It's the same thing that led to them having to trade Nate Hairston. These are guys that are pretty good and would be solid depth anywhere, but there's only so many roster spots. And when you've been doing a good job drafting and signing guys in free agency like Ballard has the last few years, these are the things that happen. Yeah, and now the Colts secondary isn't exactly, you know, the the top of uh, the elite units there, but... Obviously, Joe Douglas identified a couple players that uh, he thought he could uh, get something out of, and we know the depth issues in this secondary. The Farley move is interesting, though. Uh, obviously, uh, that would probably seem to think that they're they're going to be done at adding safeties at this point. Uh, it would be a question of who's left that still gets cut. We know that they're still going to look to address the cornerback uh, position to upgrade the depth of the safety here or uh, in the secondary. But, uh, yeah, this, this is what Joe Douglas has to do. He's got to sort through the, you know, the trash heap, quote-unquote, of other teams and look for what he just considers could be hidden gems that could come in and contribute and play a role on this team. Elliot Fry is a name to keep your eye on. He was released by the Ravens, and he is somebody who actually did pretty well in the preseason. There's obviously a pretty good kicker over there in Baltimore, and it's funny because we already saw the Ravens trade Kari Vidvek. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Either way, they traded him for a fifth-round pick, but they still had kicker depth. The Jets can't get one kicker, but the Ravens had numerous kickers. So we'll see if the Jets get in on this, but I expect him to get some interest because there are a lot of teams that need kickers. We're going to talk about what the Jets will do with the final 53-man roster, but you have to figure that if nothing else, they'll be kicking the tires on some kickers because we know that Taylor Bertolette missed a couple of field goals. You and I both said that it wasn't the end of the world because they were really long field goals, but we don't know exactly how content they are to go into the season with Bertolette as their kicker. I would imagine that they'll at least have a long conversation about what they're going to do. Yeah, another, another name to keep an eye on there is Chase McLaughlin from the Bills. Supposedly, he had a, a really good uh, preseason and training camp. They just signed uh, Stefan Hoska to a two-year contract extension, so he's obviously going to be an odd man out there. Um, uh, feeling around Bill's reporters is that they would like to be able to stash him on the practice squad, but with the way that uh, so many teams are having trouble with their kickers right now, you got to think that's probably not likely. It's just a question of, if the Jets will be ones to use that, and you know they have they have that third waiver spot, but are they gonna how are they gonna use that? Uh, prioritize all that with the other positions they could end up losing out on him. So 
uh, if if that's something that they even do decide to go after. Hey, guys, as we get older, there are things that unfortunately we're just not going to be able to control. One of them, sad to say, is hair loss. In fact, two out of three men will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the age of 35. It can be a little depressing until you remember that Keeps exists. What's Keeps? Simple. They're a company that offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. You don't have to make an appointment or go to the doctor, not with Keeps. You visit a doctor online and have your medication delivered right to you. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping future hair loss. In fact, lots of guys even experience hair regrowth with the treatment. Log on to Keeps.com and click to get started. Choose the plan that fits you or let Keeps doctors decide. Sound good? I got a special offer for you. Go to Keeps.com slash overtime and receive your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash overtime. And take advantage of this incredible offer today. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Chris, I want to talk about the Texans for a quick second, and we'll start by saying that apparently both they and the Jets are in the market to trade for a running back. This coming from Aaron Wilson, who reports for the Houston Chronicle. Explain this one to me, because I'm confused. It doesn't seem like running back is a position of need, let alone one they'd have to trade assets for. What am I missing? I don't know. <laughs> I I this I am still scratching my head over this. Uh, the uh, the only thing I could think of would be an injury, or uh, they I could see them certainly adding a running back if he's also a kick returner. Uh, but I don't see why it would be uh, phrased that way that they're looking for a running back. Um, it, the Le'Veon Bell and Ty Montgomery are going to get the bulk of the work here. Uh, the, I'm pretty sure uh, everything I've heard and been told is that they are comfortable and confident in Bilal Powell and what he can do as a third back. And then they still have the option to keep Trenton Cannon as a kick returner and as a fourth back. So I, I don't know. I don't know what – they're obviously not looking for a starting running back. They're not looking for somebody to get the bulk of the carries over Le'Veon. Uh, I – can't imagine they love what they've seen out of Ty Montgomery. I can't imagine that they're looking for a number two there. So I, I don't, I have no idea. Aaron Wilson is, is an excellent reporter that he covered the Ravens for a while now with the Texans, but he also uh, has a lot of uh, good league sources that gets information about other teams. But I, I have no idea where what's going on here, where this is coming from. Thinking maybe there's a miscommunication or something along the way. I don't know. I know that Manish Mehta had reported that Jets fans should keep their eye on Josh Adams, the running back from Philly, if he were to become available after the cutdowns. But Chris, you made a good point. That's not somebody they would have to trade an asset for. And on top of it, you're talking about somebody that would be coming from Philly. So Joe Douglas may have a particular affinity for him. This report from Aaron Wilson indicates that they're looking for a running back in general and willing to give up an asset to get one. So there must be something we're missing. I don't know what it is, but either Aaron Wilson's got his signals crossed or there's something we don't know about what's going on in the Jets running back room. Yeah, and you know when I saw Manish's tweet about Josh Adams, uh, my immediate reaction was just there that, you know, Obviously, Joe Douglas just came from there. Maybe Joe Douglas liked him, 
And uh, it, it thought to himself, you know, hey, if this guy becomes available, I like him so much, I'm going to make sure to get him. Uh, that that would make sense uh, as far as just like, hey, hey, all NFL teams, we need another running back. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Uh, one thing, obviously, we're not – it's going to be really hard getting information about this stuff out of, uh, you know, the, the Joe Douglas and Adam Gase right now. This year, their first year here, it's that information is going to be uh, locked up pretty close to their their chest. There, they're not going to be letting that stuff out too easily. So, and then uh, obviously with the other news, uh, with Neil Glatt stepping down from the president's role, uh, the team president role, it seems like there's probably a little bit of Klaus, house cleaning by the uh, Gase and Douglas to make sure some certain things don't get out. Um, so there, there could obviously be something that I'm just not aware of right now, but I, I don't think any, I'm fairly certain nobody else is on the beat has any idea about this either. I forgot to mention that with Neil Glatt, shout out to David Aiken of turnonthejets.com who's been yelling for the firing of Neil Glatt for like a decade. You finally got what you wanted, so go ahead and pop that champagne bottle. Well, he, he, he got reassigned, so he, he didn't get fired. Uh, but yeah, he won't be the team president anymore. They'll have an announcement down the line about his uh, senior advisor role and his next steps. But yeah, he is no will no longer be the team president, and that certainly feels like a Joe Douglas Adam Gase move to uh, you know shore themselves up. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, how much Neil Glatt is meddling in the football sides of things. Um, so this this is a win for them. Reassigned is just corporate speak for about to be fired at some point. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with him temporarily, and they're eventually going to phase him out, is my guess. But I wanted to get back to the football end of things because the business end is kind of boring, at least for a podcast like this. Since we touched on the Texans, they're looking for a running back, but they're also looking for offensive line help, and they're shopping their big-ticket item, Jadavian Clowney. There's a report that they had offered Clowney in a first-round pick to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil. Some people came at me on Twitter for saying I wouldn't trade Tunsil short of some sort of Herschel Walker-type deal. I think that the Dolphins have two cornerstone pieces, and we'll see if Rosen ends up being good. But for now, it's Laramie Tunsil, who is one of the best young left tackles in the league. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and follow my friend Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. He's done tons of film breakdowns, and you will see that Laramie Tunsil pretty much shut down everybody he went against last year. The other is Xavier Howard, who is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Those are two guys that if I'm the Dolphins, I wouldn't trade unless I got some sort of ridiculous, insane offer. Those are cornerstone pieces that you don't trade. A number one corner and a number one left tackle like that. Those are all pro caliber players. So I have to wonder about this just because there's obvious implications for the Jets. Because if a deal gets made within the division, Clowney could be here. Or you could be looking at Tunsil getting shipped out, which I think would be awesome for the Jets. Let him go play somewhere else. Clowney now saying that he refuses to play for the Dolphins and he would rather sit out a season than go there. At least that's according to the latest reports. This whole thing is kind of crazy, Chris. What's going on? Have you been hearing anything from your league sources? Uh, it's it's definitely crazy. There, there's just a lot of uh, uh, you know, people throwing stuff out there right now. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell uh, the basis behind what's being thrown out for a lot of things. All I can keep thinking of is, 
why don't the uh, the Texans call up Washington and just do a Trent Williams for Jaday being clowny swap right now? Uh, that just it seems like the Texans really want to move on from Clowney. They obviously really want to upgrade the offensive line. There's no way that they're going to be able to really do that um, unless they could swing it with Miami. Uh, Trent Williams has no interest in playing for Washington again. Uh, they don't intend to, you know, give him away for cheap. But I mean, I can't imagine they're getting something better back uh, than Clowney and like a pick or something. So I, something like that just seems to make too much sense. But there, there's a lot of smoke going around with Clowney right now. It kind of feels like Houston's just desperate to get rid of him and get something for him. And they kind of shot their, themselves in the foot with this. If they would have been better off doing the shopping of him, uh, you know, months ago, draft time, they would have been able to get more. Maybe they would have been able to use some capital to go ahead and draft an offensive lineman. Maybe they would have been able to stop the Eagles from jumping them to get uh, Dillard, who's looked great this preseason. So they they kind of shot themselves in the foot, and it seems like they're panicking and trying to create something when there's not really much there right now. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. At this rate, Clowney could become another Le'Veon Bell if he holds true to his promise. And you could see both Clowney and Ezekiel Elliott sitting out a portion of the season. I suspect, though, that Clowney is going to get moved. The question is just going to be whether or not they can get a deal done that would be to his satisfaction and that would satisfy what they're looking for. They may end up having to take a bit of a discount on this. By all accounts, they wanted a second-round pick or some help at either offensive line or wide receiver. We'll see what ends up happening, but this is definitely worth monitoring from the Jets' perspective because obviously if he goes to Miami, there's implications there division-wise, and if Tunsil were to get traded, which it doesn't look like he's going to, in some sort of deal for Clowney, there's that too. By the way, our old friend Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starting quarterback there. This is not good for Josh Rosen, but I suspect that this is a psychological mind game being played by Flores. He's saying to Rosen, look, you didn't really do enough to earn the job in training camp, so step up and beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've got all season to overtake him. Let's see what you're made of, kid. 
And I guess that's what we're going to find out now if Josh Rosen has what it takes to do what needs to be done to get out there and get his opportunity because right now it doesn't look good when you're blocked by Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we'll see how this turns out. But I think a lot of Jets fans remember Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback here, remember some of the bad performances he had with the Buffalo Bills. And so they would love to see him as the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins and be able to see Greg Williams dial up some blitzes and fluster him. Yeah, let me just throw this out there with the starting Ryan Fitzpatrick over Rosen thing right now. Uh, The Dolphins play open up against Baltimore. Then they play the Patriots, uh, then at the Cowboys, and then they play the Chargers. Those first four games of the season against pretty good defenses right there. Uh, maybe they're just saying, hey, let's just throw Ryan out there. We're not going to win these games anyway. And then by that time, where our hand is going to be forced and we're going to have to throw in uh, Josh Rosen. So uh, there could be some of that as well. Uh, there's just – Jets fans know the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience. He he could be a disaster right off the start. He could be leading the league in every passing category for the first four weeks of the season and anywhere in between. But whatever happens in that first stretch is most likely going to flip, and then four or five games later, it's going to flip again. And where however long it's good for. The bad is always going to come back around, and the bad is always going to stick longer. That's always the story with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We saw it with the Buccaneers, too. He has a couple of good games. They get sucked in. The Jets got sucked in, obviously. He had the Fitz magic and all that. And then Coach turns back into a pumpkin, and you realize that he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we'll see if he's able to start off hot like he does sometimes and how long he's able to keep it up. Although somebody said it would be poetic justice if Fitzpatrick were to get off to a really hot start and not only keep Josh Rosen from getting an opportunity to prove what he can do so as to make sure that Dolphins spend another draft pick on a quarterback in next year's draft, but also that he would win just enough games to keep Miami out of the range where they would need to be to get that top-tier quarterback prospect. So we'll see how this shakes out. But now, Chris, we've gone through the latest transactions with the Jets and the latest rumors and a couple of things from around the league that impact the Jets because they're centered around divisional rumors. Let's talk about our final predictions for the 53-man roster. And we'll start a quarterback. I think we both agree on this. They're going to carry two quarterbacks. It's going to be Darnold and Simeon. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that they're going to keep Luke Falk on the practice squad. I think Gase likes him and thinks that he could be a long-term project, perhaps that he could develop Falk into Darnold's long-term backup. So that's how I think this is going to go. I think Darnold and Simeon will be here. Luke Falk will be here as well, but on the practice squad, and Davis Webb will probably be playing in the XFL at some point. Yep, exactly agreed, 100% all the way around. No need to repeat exactly what you just said. (laughs) Well, let's see if you agree with me again at running back. Now, we have heard, obviously, there are rumors that the Jets could be in the market for running back, so this is subject to change. And by the way, again, worth repeating that this is the initial 53-man roster that we're talking about because after cuts happen, some of the guys that initially make the roster are going to get bumped off. So this is just the initial 53-man roster that is going to be leaked out at 4 o'clock Eastern time today that we're talking about. And like I said before, it'll be fun because you can go back and you can see how we did and you can compare and contrast our predictions with what actually happened. But I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell, duh. 
Ty Montgomery, Bilal Powell, and I think Trenton Cannon will make it. It seems like the coaching staff, especially Gase, really likes him. They like his speed, and they like what he can do on special teams. So I think that's what happens. Those four running backs will make it. And Le'Veon's not making this team. He's not <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, it, that's that's it right there. Right now, you got a pencil in the four of them. Uh, Trenton Cannon is still a question mark. You got to put a question mark right next to his name. Uh, is he going to stick? Is going to depend largely on if they find somebody else that they like as a better returner. Uh, I could see if they do that, that Cannon would be gone. Uh, right now, he's the kick returner and the fourth running back. Uh, obviously, if there's is something to this rumor about them trying to trade for a running back and there is no major injury that we're aware of, then Cannon would be even less likely to stick. So uh, I'll, I'll say that. And again, another thing to keep in mind, when the final 53 is set and announced, then they start making claims the next day and that then some of the people who were safe are no longer safe and end up getting cut. So I could easily see Trenton Cannon making the first round of cuts and then after they start signing other players, possibly being cut then. But for right now, I'll say, I'll go ahead and give him a spot on the roster and, and they'll be keeping four. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. So, so far we agree. We have six players, two quarterbacks, four running backs. Tight end, I have them keeping three guys. I'm not counting Christopher Herndon because he's going to be suspended for the first four games. So I have them keeping Ryan Griffin, Trevon Wesco, and Daniel Brown. I think that Brown will eventually be cut for Herndon after week four. But for now, I think those are the three tight ends that stick. Yeah, and I would think with uh, all the you know other positions in need, how much they, they need extra roster spots for other positions, I would think that they would even contemplate maybe trying to see if they could sneak uh, Wesco onto the practice squad. But they can use him in, like, you know, an H-back type of role, and I don't think they'd be willing to really risk it uh, from what I've seen so far, the way that they've used him. So I think that those three will make it, and then, yeah, Brown will be cut once Herndon comes back from his suspension. Wide receiver. I'm going back and forth on this. I think there are five guys that are locks, and I would have thought more than that, but we talked about this yesterday. I'm now not so sure about Deontay Burnett. The five that I have definitely making it, and I may circle back to this later, Chris. I've got, obviously, Crowder, Anderson, and Inunua, and then Dorch and Bellamy. Dorch and Bellamy will also be contributors on special teams. I think that's who they're going to keep, and I'm still going back and forth, like I said, and a couple of other guys, especially Deontay Burnett, but for now, I'm going to give them those five guys. Yeah, and I I feel like this is another situation where I... I I think that you could see Sharon Peak making the the first round of cuts as a special team player, and then if they can add a receiver like they like that, he might be up for grabs. I wouldn't be totally surprised, shocked to see them 
carry seven, so maybe Burnett and uh, a peak make that first cut, and then they add another receiver. They have to add another receiver, though. I I keep talking about this. They have three guys that you can trust uh, in a regular season game in the NFL, and that's it. And they they need more, especially with Herndon out. They need more receivers there, so they have to add guys there. But they, I know they like what Peak brings on special teams. Obviously, Bellamy and Dorch have a role on special teams right now. So those two are definitely making it. I won't be surprised if Peak doesn't make it, but I'm not going to be surprised if he does either. So at this moment, I now have the Jets with 14 because I've got two quarterbacks, four running backs, three tight ends, and five wide receivers. Again, I could add to that, but that's what I have right now. And out of those players, there's only a handful that you would want on your fantasy football team. Le'Veon Bell, maybe Christopher Herndon if you have somebody else to pick up a slack for the first few weeks. Robbie Anderson, if you're in a deep league, maybe you could take a shot at a new more Jamison Crowder. But if you are playing this year, you definitely want to play with the people over at the draft app and draft.com because you'll get a free crack at the $3.5 million best ball championship if you use the promo code PLAYLIKE. That's PLAYLIKE, P-L-A-Y-L-I-K-E. Easy to play, too. It's a simple snake draft, so no salary caps or auctions or anything like that. Plus, you don't have to spend a ton of time maintaining your roster. They take care of that for you. You do your draft, and then they will make sure that your best players are in every single week. Again, you go over there. You sign up with your first deposit. You'll get a free crack at that $3.5 million at the draftupanddraft.com. Use the promo code PLAYLIKE. That's PLAYLIKE, P-L-A-Y-L-I. K-E. Chris, moving on to the offensive line. I've got them keeping nine guys. I've got the projected starters, Beecham, Shell, Winters, Assemble, and Khalil. And then the four backups, Adoga, Lewis, Compton, and Harrison. Is that what you have too, Chris? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Now you're going to have to add some more people on that list. Uh, Brent Qualley is most likely going to start on the pup list, not that I, you know, if he was healthy, that he'd be something that uh, you'd be excited to have there as depth. But this is another position that you can expect them to attack on the waiver wire and definitely look to add. It's just a question of who's going to shake free because as we continue to talk about, there's not a lot of uh, good offensive, there's not a lot of good offensive line units in this league. They're getting harder and harder to find these offensive linemen. So, uh, Good ones don't tend to shake free very uh, often and not so much here, but uh, you can definitely expect them to try to add one or two guys once those cuts come in. And we're going to circle back to some of these positions as we agonize over the last couple of guys. And as Chris and I have both said, just remember that this is the first version of the 53-man roster that we're talking about because obviously there are going to be some waiver wire pickups and then some of the guys that make it the first time around will not be on it the second time around. Long snapper Chris, Thomas Hennessy, there was no competition for him. They need a long snapper. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, that, he's, he's the only one there. He's got the job. It's his. At corner, I've got the Jets keeping seven cornerbacks, Tremaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts, Brian Poole, the newly acquired Nate Hairston, Kyron Brown, Alex Brown, and hanging with Marcus Cooper. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say those first five you rattled off are going to be sticking. Uh, again, I could see the last two going and sticking, making that first roster cut, but they will be looking. They're not done at corner. They're going to look to add somebody there. So you could see, uh, uh, you know, 
Marcus Cooper or somebody losing their jo- uh, job afterwards after they added somebody else there. I I don't think all seven of those guys are going to make the week the opening day roster when they actually play the Bills. But I do think that you could look for them to be carrying seven quarterbacks at this point. I think Cooper cemented a spot on the initial 53-man with his performance in that fourth preseason game and also his experience. Alex Brown has shown some flashes. Kyron Brown, as you said yesterday, Chris, they wouldn't have taken such precaution with him being injured if they weren't planning on keeping him. And the other four are no-brainers. Obviously, Tremaine Johnson, one of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the league. He's not going anywhere. They just signed Daryl Roberts to come back and be a starter. Brian Poole was signed to be a starter, and Nate Hairston was dealt for for a reason. Worth noting here, Perry Nickerson, not on either one of our lists. I think he's pretty much guaranteed to be a goner. It's crazy because last year, at this time, everybody had him pegged as the heir apparent to Buster Screen, and the only thing he's going to be doing similar to Buster Screen is leaving New York. Yeah, he's the heir apparent on the way out. Uh, those those uh Pro football focus grades of him coming out that got everybody excited uh, definitely didn't hold true at this level. And, you know, I, I, I still expected that him to get more reps and more shots along here. Not that I expected him to necessarily do anything with it, but this, this coaching staff doesn't seem too enamored with him, and I don't really see him having a shot at this roster. Let this be a lesson to you not to draft – 24-year-old small school players because a lot of times this is unfortunately what happens. And we're going to get to another guy who is an older small school player and also a draft pick of Mike McCagnin in a little bit. But first, I want to remind you that we are now at 31 people that I've selected. Chris has agreed, disagreed with some, but we're at 31 overall at this moment as we move on to safety. And I have the Jets keeping five safeties at the moment. Jamal Adams, Marcus May, the newly acquired Derek Kindred, and Matthias Fairley, as well as Rontez Miles. The notable guy being left out here is Doug Middleton, which is unfortunate because I think both of us like Middleton, but he just couldn't get any traction with this coaching staff, and it appears that his days with the Jets are very much numbered. Yeah, his days are numbered, and uh, adding uh, Farley makes me wonder, is Rontez's days numbered now? One uh, thing that Rontez has there is uh, his special teams as well. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a lot throughout training camp how he was getting a lot of the first team reps, so that would kind of surprise me. They seem to like what they saw there. But adding two safeties this late after Marcus May came back uh, makes me think that Rontez might have to be a little worried there too. It's possible, but with uh, the way Greg Williams likes to use safeties, it wouldn't be out of uh, – out of the question for them to carry five. So you can see it. And again, especially with his special teams, but Doug Middleton, I think is a, a sure thing for to not make this roster at this point, which is a shame. I, I like Doug. He's, he's a good guy. And I, I thought that he had a bright future, but he just kept getting injured and injured and injured. And now he's just, he never really got a chance much of this season. And the chances that little chances that he did get, he didn't take advantage of enough to, force Greg Williams to give him more of a chance. 
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. We are now at 36 on my list as we move to linebacker. I've got the Jets keeping eight guys. Ja'Kai Polite, I know there's been some buzz about him being cut. I'd be surprised. Now, it's not the craziest thing in the world simply because, as you pointed out yesterday, Chris, this was a McCagnin pick, so Joe Douglas has no particular ties to him, and perhaps Greg Williams wasn't the guy that was in McCagnin's ear whispering to make this pick, but... It would be crazy, as far as I'm concerned, to give up on a third-round pick with this kind of pass-rushing potential this early. They'd be better off just red-shirting him or trying to get him into the lineup at some point late in the season, but I don't think he's going to end up getting cut. Jordan Jenkins and Frankie Louvu, obviously. The two of them will be the starting outside linebackers. Then you have C.J. Mosley and Neville Hewitt, who will probably start the season as the two inside linebackers, and Blake Cashman, who just may end up replacing Hewitt sooner rather than later. On top of that, I've got Terrell Basham, James Burgess, and Harvey Lange. So nine linebackers overall. I might be getting a little bit crazy with my linebacker numbers. I might have to leave one off, but that's what I have at the moment. Yeah, no, nine linebackers sounds about right when you combine them both together. I always split up the... Uh, inside linebackers and outside linebackers when I'm doing mine because that it, it always sounds crazy to say something like nine linebackers, but that's generally right around where it works out to. Uh, Lange's a guy that I would expect to make the, the first round of cuts. Possibly he could be victim after waiver claims if the Jets can get somebody else they like there, but he will definitely be uh, a, a victim and end up being cut when Brandon Copeland comes back. But, yeah, the the other guys, you know, we talked about Luvu, Jenkins, C.J. Mosley, we know, Neville Hewitt. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible. Uh, I can't see them moving on from him right now. Uh, but, like you were just talking about, I, I definitely see a very realistic possibility by the midpoint of the season that Blake Cashman will take that starting job from him. So we'll we'll see how that goes there. But, yeah, when you're combining the outside linebackers and inside linebackers, nine's about right. I have six defensive linemen making the team, Chris. I've got Quinton Williams, Leonard Williams, Henry Anderson, Steve McClendon, Bronson Kafusi, and Foley Fadukasi. I think Fadukasi is the swing here because it could be that the Jets decide to lose him and keep somebody else in another position, maybe an extra wide receiver. As you said, perhaps they decide to keep Sharon Peak as a receiver slash special teamer. But that's what I have at the moment, those six, which would mean that it would be the end for another small school prospect who was older when drafted by Mike McCagnin, Canadian Thanos, Nathan Shepard. So he would be gone. And I think Kyle Phillips is somebody, as you pointed out yesterday, that they will try to keep on the practice squad. But what do you think? I've got six guys here on the defensive line sticking around. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking that Folo was probably going to make this roster. Um, Kyle Phillips... But maybe because he's put on some pretty good tape, maybe they're concerned that uh, somebody else would snatch him up. Maybe they'd go with him over Folo. But 
I, I think Fuller will probably make it, and then Phillips, they're going to try to sneak into the practice squad. Nathan Shepard, you know, he had a great start to training camp and uh, off-season mini camps last year. Looked like he was going to be a really good player and then just dropped off the face of the earth, fizzled out, and has not been able to do anything since then. Has not shown anything, and I can't possibly imagine him making this roster there. <clears throat> Kafusi is somebody who has been dominant uh, at all training camp, especially now mostly as a, on the second unit. But he got a lot of first-team reps and did really well. He's looked really good in the preseason as well. So he's somebody that is definitely going to make this roster. And then obviously those top guys. This this is the position, the one position on this roster where the Jets don't have concerns about depth. This is the the, the best position all the way through. So the, right, they're actually right now we're talking about how can we fit all these good players here. So that's definitely why Nathan Shepard will not be making it. Uh, and then whether Folo or Phillips makes it, it remains to be seen. But both of them definitely have a chance. And, I, again, I think Phillips will definitely be a practice squad target if they can do it. I think both sides of the line have good depth. Now, I think the defensive line actually has really good starters, whereas I don't think the Jets' well, yeah. offensive line does. But I like the backups that the Jets have on the offensive line. Alex Lewis, Tom Compton, Chuma Adoga, and Jonathan Harrison. Three of those four guys have significant amounts of starting experience, and Adoga is a guy that could be your long-term starter at right tackle. So I actually think that Joe Douglas has done a pretty good job of putting together a fairly deep group of offensive linemen. Again, not that they're great offensive linemen, but all of them are at least serviceable, which is something that the Jets haven't had in a while. Usually their depth has been really bad, and on the defensive line, they have really good depth and really good players, so that is easily the strongest unit on this team. Yeah, the the, the top of that offensive line group has so many question marks that mm-hmm. I can't, you know, obviously that's why... The, Defensive line gets the nod there. Of course. But John Douglas has definitely uh, improved the depth. You know, Alex Lewis has some injury history there. Um, uh, Adoga, as much as I like him, is raw. I don't know how ready he would be to step in full-time. But the depth has definitely improved. The problem is not so much the depth, but the starting unit. Mm-hmm. And, again, this this is a problem all around the league. There's, like, five to seven offensive lines that you could actually say are good. The rest are like average to bad. Yeah, no question. As I said, I don't think this offensive line is going to be all that good. I just like the fact that there isn't a gigantic drop-off between some of the starters and some of the backups. In other words, I think if Alex Lewis had to start a little bit, you wouldn't crawl up in the fetal position the way that you would have in previous years having to watch somebody like Brent Quale. So definitely a move in the right direction there as far as the depth goes. I do expect them to be a below-average offensive line, but we knew that. I do think that Douglas upgrading the depth, though, was very nice, and the defensive line is going to be the strength of this team, you would assume. And now the final two roster spots, of course, the kicker and the punter. I'm going to say that at least once the first draft of the 53-man comes out, Taylor Bertolet is going to be the kicker. Unless they sign somebody in very short order, he'll be the kicker, and then we'll see if they end up getting somebody after the cuts happen. It's certainly possible. And then as far as punter, I'm going to say this just to be different. 
I think a lot of people assume that Lachlan Edwards holds his spot, but Matt Dar was getting a lot more action. He does have those ties to Gase. And I have a feeling that Dar is going to be the one that Gase ultimately chooses to be the punter. I'm not going to be surprised either way if it's Dar or Lachlan Edwards, but just to have a little fun here, I'm going to say he keeps his guy, Matt Dar. Hot take, contrarian alert. <laughs> Coming through. Uh, I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to stick with Lachlan Edwards, but I've been saying this all training camp. I, I found it weird that Dar was even brought in here uh, and that he's still hanging around. They've only bringing in one kicker at a time, but for some reason they had the two. That that makes me think that there could be something to it here. Um, and admittedly, I'm not exactly sitting here watching the punter uh, situation super close. So, and then it's also hard to gauge a practice with the punters sometimes because sometimes they want them to do directional punting and they want them to do these short uh, little punts out of bounds or kick it higher and they don't tell us reporters on the sidelines what they're going for so it can be hard for us to really judge in that those situations obviously in game situations you just know what they're supposed to be trying to do so you can do it it's a little tougher in practice um i'm a stick with bertolette for now (laughs) i'd probably say it's like 60 40 bertolette is the kicker week one um but i i it could very well be 40 60 um, so uh, we talked about the guy that got released from the Ravens, the, the guy who's probably going to get released from the bills as possibility It's possible, but I'm obviously, I'm, I can't uh, think of another name to stick in there right now. So I'll go with Bertolette and Lachlan as my punter. So there you go. There are our predictions for the 53 man roster that will come out later today at four o'clock. We will be back to dissect who actually makes the roster and what went into some of these decisions tomorrow and then the day after we will talk about all the waiver wire pickups and what the more permanent looking roster is going to look like so it'll be a fun couple of days as we see how the 53-man roster shapes up getting ready for the game against the Buffalo Bills next Sunday. In the meantime, though, Chris, you've got plenty of stuff for people to digest as they're waiting for the initial 53-man to come out and as they're trying to put their own 53-man roster predictions together. So why don't you go ahead and let them know what they can find over at JetsInsider.com. Yeah, I know. I just I got a tracker up there that I'll be updating anytime a name gets a uh, player gets released. We'll be doing it, uh, updating the tracker for for there. Uh, we'll go all the way through the cuts once they completely get announced. And I've added the addition so far. Of course, there isn't a lot of them. There's just the Matthias Farley. Um, probably won't see too many. Maybe one or two um, until Sunday comes around. But once those roll in, I'll be doing that. And then just like we'll be doing on the podcast, going over the, the roster and then looking for the holes, I'll, I'll be fully immersing myself in all the roster stuff, um, really breaking down the strengths and weaknesses, and then immediately start looking after that to uh, turn our attention on Buffalo and get ready for the game And just over a week from now. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Follow his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, at Alan underscore Schechter, S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Read Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.